Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the way. We want it men. No, I was just burning the midnight oil late last night, so tired. I'm still trying to recover from New Orleans. I had too big of a piece of king cake this morning, and I think my tummy's upset. How was it? How was Chewbacca Fest? Chewbacca's was great. Um, We were kind of upset because Thursday they announced that they didn't get enough um, police volunteers, so they had Uh to shorten the parade route. And instead of it passing in front of our bed and breakfast, they uh, they lined up in front of our bed and breakfast. So we spent the so the parade officially was supposed to start at seven. They started lining up at nine at five. So from like five o'clock till seven seven thirty in the morning. No, at night. At night. We just walked the walked all the and talked to people for like two hours, (laughs) handing out shots, getting throws. you know, it was fun. We we really enjoyed it. We missed a lot of the Star Wars stuff because we lined up about we set up about half about I'd say 25% of the parade we missed and they put all the Star Wars stuff at the front of the parade and I didn't realize that. So we missed almost all the Star Wars stuff uh cuz they did some really awesome floats. They had a, a you know had a big pink uh Chewbacca. They had a, another that the Indian god with all the arms they did a chewbacca version of that we missed that there was a uh ufo with the lego city underneath it we missed that it's just you're looking through the pictures that everybody's posting we're like we missed all the cool stuff because we were back of the parade but we got a ton of throws because we were lined up with you know nobody else we were standing with nobody else and um you know if we went to the front of the parade it was five or six deep so I was like, I'm not standing over here. I'm going to go stand over here where there's not as many people. And it was cool. The people were cool. I had a, we were handing out shot bottles, little airplane bottles. And we were trading those for throws. And there were, I had a sign and people were just walking up to me, handing me a good throw and like, give me a shot. Um, the costumes were awesome. I dressed up as Marty McFly. So people, there was a, a Back to the Future club or crew that kind of got it. There was a few people that got it. Um, but it was, it was just a fun time where we actually got our, our book, our trip booked for next year already. Cause we were talking to the, nice. to the B and B and she was like, well, this is, it's January 28th next year is what they're telling us. And I'm like, let's go ahead and book it so we can get the room we want and, and, you know, be in, you know, ready to go. And 
yeah, we'll be going back and uh, don't go to New Orleans with 10 people. That was a pain in the butt. Now, if you go with 10 people, realize that not everybody's going to be together all the time. Because my mother-in-law, I know she doesn't listen, but it'll probably get back to her. <laughs> she was trying to get everybody together and nobody wanted to be together at certain times. And some people wanted to be, you know, walking fast and others walking slow. And it didn't work out very well. But it was still a good trip. We had fun. Hung out with my uh, wife's couple of aunts. Or actually, she had three aunts and her mom. So there was four, four ladies and my wife. So that makes five. So there's five couples there. And uh, New Orleans is just a fun, it's a fun town. We picked up a few pieces of art. Uh, I picked up, a, it, what, what was cool is there's a, like a French market. Well, they call it the French market, which is like their market, uh, street market or whatever. And there was a lady selling Star Wars art, had some Star Wars pieces, geek art. And I picked up a couple of pieces from her. I picked up a Boba Fett and an Ahsoka from her. And we start talking and she's like, why are you guys in town? We're like for Chewbacca. So, oh, wow. Cool. I'm in Chewbacca. So look for me. So we found her and took some pictures with her. And, uh, you know, she gave us a couple of her throws and, you know, you just talk. And we met a girl at the bar that found out she was a part of the uh, Laserettes, which is a the majorettes dressed as uh, Princess Leia. So we got a bunch of awesome throws from her when we found her at the parade. So it just, it's cool when it was the whole trip. I don't think I've talked Star Wars to so many people in such a short amount of time because we were uh, Sunday night. We're sitting on the, on the, the uh, porch of the B and B and I'm just talking Star Wars with everybody there. We're, Cause they're all geeks. They had one, one of the guys there had uh, funny shirts all every morning. He, the funniest one he had, he had one that said it had the Mandalorian on it and underneath it, it said, make it so. <laughs> oh man <laughs> it took me a second to get it and i'm like oh that's awesome that's such a good shirt yeah it's effective <laughs> made me tw uh, tweak my eyes a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um you know we picked up there was a there's a really cool piece of art that she had in the bnb &B that it was a like a an old window pane that somebody had spray painted the uh st louis cathedral on it and we found the artist in the French market or in uh, Jackson Square and bought bought a, another version of that. And he had another piece that when we went down to his um, his studio to pick up the, the one we had bought, we looked through his studio and we found this other big piece that probably weighs like 20, 30 pounds. I don't know. And ended up walking like a mile and a half with it on my shoulder uh, to get it back to the car. Because, of course, there's hardly any parking down there. If you can find it, that's taken, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, drank, didn't eat enough seafood, drank way too much beer. But that's New Orleans, nice. man. Yeah, that's that's what I would expect from New Orleans. Yeah. We uh, seafood. Yeah, we went uh we went on a cruise on a, a riverboat cruise that was like two hours. And some kind of way my aunt one of the aunts uh talked him into telling them, Oh, we've got a couple of vet we I think two or three of them are vet. I'm I'm probably the only vet guy that's not a veteran, I don't know. But she's like, oh, we got two or three veterans and this and that. And they like upgraded us to the top package and let us pay the least amount of money. I don't know, how, whatever. But they handed us four drink tickets for a two-hour cruise. That's a lot to drink in two hours, especially in New Orleans where they're poor and heavy. Because there's nobody else on the, you know, nobody else is drinking. So, yeah, that, that took me. I had three beers in two hours. I was feeling <laughs> no pain. 
or actually in like an hour and a half by the time they started serving us. It's a good time. Yeah. Well, I went to the toy show, the Retroville toy show. They had like 50 vendors. It was huge this time. There's yeah. tons of stuff there. And it wasn't just like Target threw up. There's a lot of vintage stuff and not just Star Wars, um, everything. And uh, it was it was great to walk through it and, and see what they had. And I only picked up a Salacious Chrome. A, uh, uh, Atlanta Vintage Toys had a bunch of Salacious bag, bag Salaciouses. I guess from that overstock find a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had some of that. So I picked that up, but I wasn't planning on buying anything. I also saw Adam Throne and he had a bunch of skiff guards for the barge yeah, um, that he had out, but he didn't, didn't have them priced. So he was going to go back and look into it and uh, get back to me. I haven't heard back from him yet. Maybe you need to get back to him. Maybe. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Who knows? Hello there. Um, but yeah, it was great. And uh, then the next night, no, Monday night, Lucas came over. He was in town again. Oh, nice. He, Lucas Henkel. And uh, he wanted to buy the uh, Miggs Mayfield Black Series figure that I had. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. So he's coming over. And I pick out my two Migs and I look at them side by side to figure out which one's the best one because he's an opener and I'm a, you know, in-box collector. So I was looking at the boxes and then I realized the paint applications were different on both. <laughs> one was, so Migs is like in a, a grayish, a grayish green. And one was more gray and the other one was more green. And the one that's more gray, he's got like mud on it. So the contrast between his armor and the mud was better than wow. the greener one. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So like, is this a running change? Is this just a factory error, a variant? Like what's going on? So I flip over the back and I start looking at the codes. Because Hasbro stamps on the back of each figure a code, a five-digit code. Um, here I'm looking at a Bodhi Rook, and on the back it says one three zero zero one. And so I get on, start asking like Ryan. I start asking um, a couple of people, and they said you got to talk to Anthony Pagano. So I also asked Lucas. He's like, I have no clue. So I asked Anthony what the the codes on the back were. And so when you look at the codes real quick, it's a it's a I guess we can all learn. Uh, the first number one is the year. So it's 2021. So that's what that first number is. The next three numbers is the day of the year that it was produced. So this is 300. So it's the 300th day of the year that this figure was produced. And then the next number is the shift. So first, second, third shift. So in this case, the one is to 2021, 300, like I said, the 300th day. And the first one is the first shift. So we looked at the back of the figures and they were like made a day apart. Uh, one was, yeah, one was 279 and the other one was 280. And so I'm like, this is, this can't be a running change. So I gave him the one that I thought that I didn't like as much as the other one. So <laughs> the pain, it came down to pain application. Right. But I mean, that's just interesting. And uh, also Saturday night, the night of the toy show, um, the Collector Alliance had a, a Zoom chat uh-huh. and Steven Sansweet was on. He jumps on everything, man. Or not Steven. Um, I'm thinking the other guy. Yes. Yes. Jim. Steven was on. And it was yes. fun to talk to him for an hour. We had his his attention for an hour. We were able to ask him a bunch of questions and it was great. And so if you're not part of the collector alliance they do those chats every saturday night and i highly recommend joining the group and uh, jumping on those calls 
Yeah, it, it's funny, or no, it's great how all those guys are uh, more open to everything now. And you'll you'll get on a call like that, and you'll have uh, Jim Swearingen on it, or Steve Sansweet, or yeah. you, it's just crazy. We've had Jim pop up on some of our chats, and it's just you look over, and there he is sitting there, and you're like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, that's the Godfather. Hello, <laughs> how you doing, sir? Um, you, sir. I got, I got my archive 501st trooper uh-huh he's never been offered on a single carded so i picked one of those up but i skipped like i said last week the the other way other parts of the wave but it's frustrating because they did that like it's never been offered on a regular card but they put it in the archive same thing with the scout trooper they put that on an archive card it's never been available i don't know I got that, and then like last night, I was over at Narayan's late. We were Alex from Indianapolis was down, um, and we were just hanging out, watching movies, chilling, talking Star Wars, walking through Narayan's ever growing collection. It's like every time, it's like, whoa, what's this? And it's always wow stuff too. Right, it's always incredible. So, um, I heard you got um, a delivery this week. No. From China, something big and no. in a taped box. Oh, you didn't get your razor crest? Oh no, that's on its way. Okay. So the the day this airs on the Tuesday, it should arrive. I'm working from home that day to <laughs> sign for the package from FedEx because you got to sign for it. Oh, uh, right now it's in Mississippi. Okay, cool. I'm getting as a big, of Saturday. Yeah, I'm supposed to be getting a package the day this comes out too. So yeah, what? It's not Star Wars related. Oh, forget it. This is yeah. a Star Wars podcast. Save it for the other one. I'm getting a couple of, uh, yeah. Well, no, I was just curious because you were like, oh, man, the box is taped. So I thought you might have already received yours. No, I did see um, Hasbro did an unboxing. They beat everybody because there's always that rush. I got the unboxing video. I'm the first one. Take a look. And so uh, Hasbro actually beat everyone to it. And they, they took a knife and they had to cut open the box, which is, you know, for the sale barge, they didn't do that. They did a pull tab. Yeah. And so it was like, it's always open. You don't have to cut tape. And there's just something psychologically like cutting that tape. You're opening the box. I'm opening mine, by the way. I've seen comparison shots between the sail barge and that and the BFM, Big Millennium Falcon. Wow. I didn't realize that thing was that big. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's the same size as a, a Millennium Falcon and just a, like a foot shorter than the sail barge. I debated buying two, one for resale, but then there was what, 28, 26,000 sold. And I'm like, there's no way there's that many vintage collection collectors out there. Like, it seems like they bought too many and they're going to have to eat the cost. But now they're selling for a thousand bucks. I guess the fear of missing out is, is, very thick in the atmosphere. Yeah, I saw that guy post that for in no deal. Yeah, and he wanted a thousand bucks for it, and everybody was giving him crap. But then there was other people defending him, going, "If you can get it, get it." Yeah, I'm not going to pay a thousand dollars for it. I may pay no. like I may put. Well, I push it to five because I know it ended up being just shy of four with shipping. But there's no way I'd pay more than five. I I, yeah. I would. I don't want it that bad. It's a cool looking ship, but I don't want it. Don't look like a thousand dollars to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also saw something. I think it was Bill Cable that said this, but I'm not sure. The term grail piece is being used way too often now. Uh, yeah. Like a grail piece should be something that doesn't exist, like the Holy Grail itself, but everyone's searching for it. Yeah, because uh, people, they, they determine a grail piece different ways. A grail piece should be something that you, like I'm searching for a couple of pieces that I would consider grails because I know there's only maybe one or two of them. That to me is a grail piece. The fact that you want a razor crest, that's not a grail. No. I would think like, um, <clears throat> what's like a Bill and Ted figure that never went into production, like uh, Socrates. Yeah. Socrates. 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 Um, they never went into production. So your holy grail would be the Socrates. And then you realize, yes, I know I'm saying Socrates, not Socrates, but that's what they call him in the movie. Um, Socrates. And then you realize, oh, wait, they did make a Socrates. Or you, you found that there was a Kenner employee who made Socrates and had him in a box somewhere. That's a grail item. But like trying to hunt down the Doctor Strange multiverse of madness figure is not a grail item. Or getting a, a regular released Star Wars figure is something you really want. But I don't think that's a grail item. Yeah, I would consider. Because, you know, yeah, like even like if you're talking about like a complete early bird set. Um, you know, with the DT Luke all in bags, like mint, that's that, that may be, that's a grail quote unquote item. Cause you're going to pay up for it. You're going to pay, you know, upwards, maybe, you know, between five to $10,000 for it. But so, so to, to kind of take a big step back, yeah. grail is attached to price. Not, I, it depends. I would consider, scarcity. I would consider it. I would kind of do it to both, but I put it more to scarcity than price. Because when it's scared, it's going to be expensive. Scarce is going to be expensive. If I'm making sense. Yeah, but like using that early bird set, I've seen tons of those on Deal or No Deal and other yeah. places. And it's like I could get one if I had the money. Like I don't have any concern getting a, a set. I just need the money to pay up for it. Right. But no, like, you're I right. Guess, uh, Go ahead. No, you, you kind of nailed it. Yeah. I just think it's being used way too much. It is because yeah, I'm I'm searching for pieces. So, I've I've got pieces what? like you were saying that Socrates. They made a, a Galactic Heroes Phantom. It apparently yeah. made it into production, but I don't know if it ever did or didn't. And the only footage I can ever find of it is at a toy fair. So that to me, would be. The, that's a Grail piece to me. Yeah, that's a Grail piece. I don't know. It was just uh, maybe I was just crabby this week, and I'm like, I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> no, you're right. You're it, it is because I I used to be really big into the watch, uh, you know, collecting watches, and people we had the same conversation years ago that people are like, oh, it's my Grail piece, and I was like, that's not a Grail piece, buddy. A Grail piece is where it's like one or two of. I mean, and and it does because you have people like let's we'll use the early bird as a, an example. You know, a good one's going to cost you, let's say five thousand dollars. People save years to fight for that $5,000. They could save years for that. And then that's like, I'm saving for my grail, which to them, it's a grail piece. But to everybody else, it's like, I, if I have the $5,000, I can buy it. All, you know, all I got to do is put the word out. Yeah. Whereas with, even, even with the Bill and Ted stuff, man, I'm getting, I'm getting to where I'm, I'm getting a little bit aggravated with it because it's all locked up right now. I've, I'm finding pieces and I'm 
you know, I haven't made offers on them, but I'm like, if you ever want to sell it, let me know. And they're like, yeah, maybe. And you're just, yeah, like, you got to play the long game with those. Yeah. And it sucked. And I found, you know, I was talking to a guy and I found an old post and I messaged him and he, oh yeah, I still got that. And oh yeah, I got this and I got this. And I'm like, dude, sell them to me. And he's just like, I like them. Yeah. Well, and then I'll, you know, I show up mine. He's, oh yeah, I know that. I know that set. I tried buying that years ago. Suck up. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, where was I going to go with that? Oh, fudge. My freaking brain. So tired. Oh, oh, going back. Um, I was talking to Tony last night because he was at Narayan's and uh, we're talking about the collecting market, how it's just exploding. And, you know, there's the Millennium Falcon at Hakes that sold for $43,000. You've got these venture capitalists buying things. And I think right now it's art. I don't know if anyone's actually tied it to Star Wars, but then they sell shares of it. Yeah. So it's an investment piece. And so I... I don't think a Millennium Falcon's worth $43,000 boxed and graded. Like that just seemed obscene. But anyways, where I'm going with this, looking at the market, it's, it's eventually going to crash because you see these, you look at the next generation. I've mentioned this before. They're into car collecting. Like they were greasers. They worked on cars in the fifties, like the baby boomers. And that was their generation. But now you're seeing like in the car auctions, Tony brought this up, like, all these people are selling their cars at the car auctions because they don't want to have their children deal with it or the children don't want the cars. And so it's kind of the same thing with these, these action figures at some point, like I keep saying with my son, he's into the digital stuff. He's not into the physical media, the physical action figures and stuff. So at some point we're going to be like, well, our kids don't want it. So we got to get rid of it. And so I think at that point, some of the stuff's going to shake loose. It's the question is, are we going to have the venture venture capitalists investing into this stuff or is it going to be in the collecting community? Right. I think you, like you said, it's a long game thing. If you know, but I, I totally in 10 to 20 years, man, I, I could totally see that happening. I mean, hell look at us. We'll be in our sixties in 20 years. What's going to happen with our stuff. Yeah. We'll be damn it. <laughs> I had a major senior moment. I know this is not star Wars, but I was eating at my dinner table and we had a, air freshener sitting out and it's been there for like a couple it's been there for about a year it's just like it's white it's a white air freshener on a white um bookcase and i'm like i gotta remove that so i take my plate i go put it in the trash can i go back to get the air freshener and it was gone i'm like what i was just looking at this two seconds ago and i go back to the trash can and somehow I was so distracted that I picked it up and threw it out. And then I went back forgetting that I just did that three seconds ago. And I'm like, oh my God, it's my first senior moment. What the hell? Well, get ready for many more, man. Oh, because getting old sucks. And I've only got a couple of years on you. Yeah. Well, my mom says you sound like you're younger than me. Really? Yeah. It, it's the voice, man. I will, uh, like on the telephone, I always get, yes, ma'am. I'm not yeah. a ma'am, but I've, I've had it. I think it's just because my voice is so high-pitched. Maybe. Maybe I need to start but, talking deeper. You like to have like, yeah. this Smuggler's Galaxy podcast. Welcome to the... Uh, Starts sounding was like a, NPR, NPR. There's some news this week. Yeah? Shall I go through it? Yes. Uh, so prices of Black Series have increased to 25 bucks, but that's Marvel Legends 2. So I definitely need to be more selective now. No more repacks. Yeah. Only new figures. 
Obi-Wan Kenobi will be released on May 25th with a kick-ass poster with somebody pointed out, look, he's got Ray's lightsaber. <laughs> In the poster, he's holding a lightsaber. And someone's like, look, he's got Ray's lightsaber. It's like, no, that's not Ray's lightsaber. That's Anakin's. That's uh, where we'll be that day. Yeah. Hasbro did a live stream on Wednesday, and they announced a bunch of new figures. Quote, new. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. I cut myself. <laughs> it's the archive series. They've got C3PO, Lando Skiff, Dengar, and Emperor Palpatine. Ooh. They're calling it the greatest hits. And it's like, guys, the whole, whatever. I'm not going to. All right. And then Gaming Greats, they uh, have the Knight Brother Archer from Jedi Fallen Order. They have also have another Knight Brother that's coming. So this is essentially a repaint, which is kind of upsetting. Um, they repackaged the 501st Clone Trooper for the Vintage Collection. It's on a Clone Trooper card back. The original one came out on a Revenge of the Sith card back. So I'm kind of a fan of that since I'm a carded collector. Uh-huh. I like the differentiation between Revenge of the Sith and the Clone Wars, but it also harkens back to Return of the Jedi. Towards the end, they did an alternative um, image for like Han and Luke and chewy and uh darth vader so i like that they're doing that that they're changing things up a little bit yeah i was talking to um our buddy jordan he came we bought him a king cake and he came over the other night to pick it up and and, uh we we hung out for about an hour and he was saying how like in the star wars world we're the only people that when they change a card back we like rush to it because he's a marvel legends guy and he's like they don't you know they'll they'll read package or they never do a repack. They always change a figure up, or they'll, you know, like we said, they'll use bits and pieces from a, from another figure to make a new figure, which in Marvel Legends they're cool with. But he's like, I've never seen it anywhere else in the, but in the Star Wars community where people are like, oh, it's a repack, or oh, it's a new card back, or oh, he's got a new hat. I need to get it because I guess we're all completists and Marvel Legend people just don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to be uh, less about kit bashing. So if they're creative with it and it looks and feels different, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but card backs, that's cool. I mean, that's the whole aesthetic that I collect is that that image, that feel. And I have this the toy store behind me. So I don't know. I'm I'm hitting critical mass, and so something's <laughs> changing soon. Anyways, yes. They they did a slam dunk in the end with the Java Throne Room playset, which oh looks Oh my gosh amazing with the oversized bib fortuna 50 accessories uh the price is 230 dollars somebody did some figuring out they if you look at the source code they actually show you the quantity available it's like nineteen thousand seven hundred fifty available mm-hmm. so it's less than twenty thousand will be made and when i checked they actually did a negative like the code was telling it's almost like they set up the page to say when you reach this number, turn off pre-sales. It was like all in the code, and so basically, seven thousand had been sold. Jeez. So they're about a third of the way through. I'm debating on buying a second one because um, either either an, as an investment piece or as a um, one to open. I want to have on display closed, but two hundred thirty dollars is a lot. That's. Um, I think that's Saving. a big ask considering they just failed on the Rancor. Yeah. Well, this is vintage collection, which is a better bet than uh, oversized 
Black Series piece. And, and I did find it interesting on that set. We found out that that thing behind Boba Fett actually is a barbecue spick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's I, got a Kowakian and then a Raincore head that you can switch out and, and roast. Oh, nice. I didn't see. I didn't. Kowakian monkey lizard. When I saw the price of that, I was like, ah, I'm not interested. I. I didn't even think about it being hundreds of dollars. I'm thinking, well, maybe it'll be, you know, 50, a hundred dollars. I didn't think it'd be two fifty, but that's out of my price range. Totally out yeah. of what I collect. So I'm, I yeah. won't be getting it. Yeah, I get that. Um, but I did. I'm, I, I'm getting it though. I get your <laughs> point, but I'm also getting it from me. Have you already? Uh, yeah, I pre-ordered one. <laughs> maybe I'll pre-order two, but for now I just have one want to open so it's like do i want the second one to not open or do i just whatever i thought you were saving you, money for celebration well this one they they pre-charge they charge you when they when they're available so i want to be charged until next year oh, okay that's how pre-order works that's how they do pre-order okay i mean oh, you want to talk about complaints they they just did the they did the orders for the new black series way with omega and the client and ahsoka and those are just hitting target and then they open up pre-order for the dark the dark trooper which doesn't come until next year and it's like guys what are you doing right it's supposed to be like a two-month window and so the current wave you missed the mark and then the future way you, you you way overshot it but whatever i'm don't want to complain i know people like it i've been told <laughs> we i'm people. sensitive to it i'm like i don't want to complain i don't want to turn this into a complaining show because there's other shows that i just can't stand because they complain no other youtube youtube yeah. channels and i just well like... yeah we're not gonna sit there with our mouths open going check out this toy but anyway but it's not that it's i, <laughs> I see other channels complaining about hasbro and i'm like i don't want to be that in the community yeah well i mean i think we we can we can gripe and and we can let our of feelings be known but we don't have to spend the whole episode on it uh, but yeah i mean i i the pre-orders where you're waiting a year that sucks i don't because i'm looking at that Cobb vant and i haven't seen you know it's not gonna be out till july and then yeah you know like with the target stuff my my target for the droids boba fett got canceled because there was a snafu in the in the uh target senate we i used my red my wife's red card to buy it Target sent us new red cards, and then they're like, your red card's not good anymore. So then we switched, switched it up, and then a day later, we're getting a, a notification that the thing was canceled. You, you know, it, I, I bitched about it last episode, but that's the thing that scares me about pre-orders is... Yeah, well, some uh, finish your thought. What happens when stuff changes, and you don't, you, know, you don't have an opportunity to fix it? Yeah, like Walmart pre-orders, if your credit card expires, they don't have a way to update your information. You just lose out on the pre-order. So if something's coming in 2023, but your credit card expires in 2022, SOL, you're not getting it. Yeah. That just scares me. I I don't want to do it. I don't. Plus, I'm not a modern collector. I collect the stuff that I like, and I'm, I'm mad about the Boba Fett because I wanted that Boba Fett, but I know I can pick it up later. And the right. Cobb Vant, I just, I, that's a fat-ass figure. I hope it, you know, the, the little bit I'm seeing and it just, you see it, you see people getting them from like Hong Kong and stuff already. And, you know, they're, they're, they look awesome. What were we talking about before I uh, was about to interrupt you and I said, finish your thought? I don't know. I lost my thought. <laughs> There's another old man moment for you, Jason. 
Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> maybe uh, collecting. Maybe will come back. We were talking about collecting and pre-orders. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it was, I don't know. Maybe it was that Walmart thing. Anyways, yeah. they, they did a pipeline reveal again in a vintage collection, Anakin from episode two and a Death Watch trooper, Mandalorian, Darth Maul looking guys, which just kind of supports my theory that they do design it in ZBrush, uh, an action figure, probably in six inch, and then they'll scale it up and down and they'll make it for both both lines. They'll do the the design work once, maybe once and a half, and then make it for both. Yeah. In Black Series, uh, for the archive stuff, Han Solo in The Force Awakens, Chewie from A New Hope, Grand Moff Tarkin, and Leia Bausch, which I'm like, yeah, I'll take that Han Solo because I'm sure it's got the gray hair. And for me, that was a grail item. Because <laughs> at some point, they did make a change in the old version to the gray hair. And I've only seen one. It's Steve Evans has it. I don't know if they've made it out in the wild, if it was just a European thing. Like, I go to toy shows, and, and when I see those Black Series for 5 bucks, I start pulling through and trying to find the Han Solo Force Awakens with the gray hair and the, and the red box, and I haven't been able to find it. So um, I do need one of those to open up and put it with my Han Solo run because that is a change to the figure. So I'll get that. Maybe one will pop up on Deal or No Deal. I don't people are not aware of it because oh. um Anthony Pagano listed one on the did you freeze? No, I'm here. Do you Hello? see me? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, hey. can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Um where did I leave off? Anthony Pagano posted one. Yeah, Anthony Pagano posted that he had a bunch of black series from uh uh a Hasbro employee. And one of them was that Han Solo. And I asked him about it because I'm like, if anybody has that Han Solo, it's going to be another employee. And it was just a regular one. And they're like, wait, was there a variant? And so I'm like educating people on the variant. I'm like, yes, there was. And it was a late change. So there's less of them. And I'm like, great. Now I'm educating people, which makes people more aware, which makes my opportunity. And I'm doing it right now on this podcast, letting a couple hundred people know that there's another variant out there. Well, you know, it it's twofold, man, because what's going to happen is, People are going to realize that hey, there's a variant, and well, it's funny because find it. Steven Sansweet wanted a Return of the Jedi bike. It was the first bike available, and this was like in the '80s. It was the first Star Wars bike available, and it was like fifty bucks at the time. And he saw it in a box. He's like, I no, I'm not going to get it now. And so he didn't get it. But then a couple of years later, he regretted it, and he made it publicly known that he was looking for one. And he got a call from someone in Europe and he's like, you're in luck. I've got one for $2,000. And he's like, no, no. So people were driving up the price because they knew he wanted it. Yeah. But to finish off the pipeline real quick, Ayla Sakura, Darth Maul in the Clone Wars, who's going to have the uh, robot legs and Saw Gerrera are all coming to the um, Black Series line. You've got magic legs. <laughs> You've so got would... magic legs. <laughs> So that would prove your point because they released that Darth Maul in the uh, TVC line. Yeah. And yeah. then didn't, didn't they do like a, a Mud Trooper? Or is that a six-inch Mud Trooper with Din Djarin? Yeah. It's, uh, they released the MiGs in six-inch and Din Djarin in 3.75. So at some point, you know, they're going to be flipping those. <laughs> And all they have to do is swap it. It's a head swap. Yeah. That's like the, I'm sorry, but that's one of the laziest figures. 
That's like the George yeah. Lucas stormtrooper. All you had to do is put George Lucas's head on a stormtrooper. It's a cheap way to do it. Yeah. Um, and then apparently there's an expanded Rogue One soundtrack available on streaming services, but I haven't been able to find it. Hmm. So that's one of the things that I didn't like was it didn't include the end credit music on the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, minor complaint. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about um, and get your thoughts, Chuck Wendig, who was the author of the Aftermath novels, who Cobb Vanth first appeared in, he kind of made a cryptic tweet that there's a big company that didn't give credit to the characters that, they, you know, the authorship or whatever, like Cobb Vanth created by Chuck Wendig. There was none of that. And well, there's no rules regulating that you have to do that. And also, my question is who created Cobb Vanth? Was that thrown up on a board and Lucasfilm said, include this character? Because if that's the case, then he didn't create it. So I don't know. There's no there's no debate there. I just brought it up. I, I yeah, there is no debate. I don't know. I don't it, it would have been nice. It would have taken him two seconds to put that in the ending credits. Uh, but it, it's it's Disney, so they don't have to do anything. They, they can do, do whatever anything. they want. The thing that's gonna be it, well, no, did they do that with Thrawn when they brought Thrawn and the Rebels? Did they put Thrawn created by Timothy Zahn? If they don't do this, they didn't do that with Thrawn. Why would they do that with Cobb Vanth? So your homework this week is to watch Rebels and find out. <laughs> it take me like two seconds. I could all I have to do is find out what episode where he first shows up or show. Watch the. Geez, you're gonna make me watch the last episode of Rebels again. No, have to watch that one. <laughs> well, I just know that one's one where Thrawn is in, but I wonder if they do. It would that would be, and I just thought, it, yeah, that would be something to figure out because if they didn't do it with him, they're not going to do it with. If they didn't do it with Timothy Zahn, they're not going to do it with one guy that wrote one book. How many books did he has he written for Lucasfilm? Chuck Wendig. Yeah. I just think the three, the Aftermath trilogy. Oh. If Lucasfilm or Disney can say we're going to take 10 or 15 years of content and just make it not exist anymore, they really don't care about that guy. Probably. That's how, I mean. He's had some run-ins with Lucasfilm in the past since writing those novels, but I I don't want to. Whatevs. Yeah. And that's all all I'll high of. That's all you got. what, What did he say? That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. You have to like take it up at the end. Force doesn't like go down. He goes up at the end of things. That's mm-hmm. all I have to say about that. His daddy's name was Forrest. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> it's because you are the daddy. Jeez. What a little gold digger Jenny was. Yeah. Any other news? That's all I have. That's all I've got too. I haven't really. Yeah, my. I'm waiting for stuff to come in, which is going to be pretty awesome. We can talk about next week. Or Me cool too. Uh, I might have to wait a couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't know if I want to talk about it though. <laughs> you could talk about it. It's awesome. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> you need to get the the carded one now too. That's on deal or no deal. <laughs> Go to sleep, Glenn. Go to sleep. <laughs> Spend all your money, Jason. Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 7, In the Name of Honor, directed by Robert Rodriguez. What'd you think? I need to rewatch that whole 
season from the attitude that it's Mandalorian 2.5, that it's not the book of Boba Fett. No, it's not. I wouldn't even say Mandalorian 2.5. I would say it's, I would even pull it back further and say it's five years after Return of the Jedi story. That's even better. Yeah. I, I don't think even... we should look at it like, like that. I, I'm trying to save my thoughts because I really want to talk about the whole thing on another episode, but it may not work that way because I'm just going to say it now. Um, and maybe we just go back and like in a couple of weeks, this is us after rewatching it after we had time to stew on it. But anyway, yes, I'm thinking when you see Book of Boba Fett, you're thinking, great, we're going to get to see Boba Fett kick some ass. We're going to get to see him and Finnick go after some bad guys. We're going to get to see him, uh, you know, maybe the underworld. Maybe we're going to get to see more what happened in the background of Empire and Return of the Jedi and deal with being a crime boss and doing this and doing that instead yes we got him coming out of the sarlacc pit which is something we've all been waiting for yeah we got to see him what else that's really it that's yeah. pretty much all there is to that, say that's, about that that's all we got was him coming out the sarlacc pit we did get you know we got the tuscan raider story which was cool because it advanced the tuscan raiders but did we really need that we kind of did. We kind of didn't. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, as good as it was, it was good. But I've learned you can't do your expectations. You know, expectations are getting really high. And I'm going to have to really, when Book of Boba, when Book of Boba Fett, when uh, Obi-Wan comes out, I'm going to have to lower my expectations. When Ahsoka comes out, I'm going to have to lower my expectations. But I know what Ahsoka is going to be, or I'm hoping I know what Ahsoka is going to be. When Andor comes out, nobody's got anything. I do. Go ahead. No, I think you should expect the same from Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka. Uh, and if apply what you've learned and what you felt to your expectations to Ahsoka. And I think that's what they're going to do. I think they were laying the groundwork in Book of Boba Fett as to what we're going to expect from the rest of from everything that Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau do from here on out, or hell, yeah. from any Disney Plus Star Wars series. So that means they're going to have people come out from nowhere and they're going to throw you for loops and they're going to be like, well, why is this? Why all of a sudden is Mandalorian in Ahsoka? That doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't matter because they already proved it in Bad Batch that they're going to pull somebody. They pulled Hera from Rebels and it was a an episode of of her. So yeah. just be ready for that kind of stuff. And if they do it right, I'm excited about it. But there again, you're going to have to your brain's going to have to work differently. You don't think it's going to be all, you know, Boba Fett when, and then get mad when somebody shows up from another, from another uh, series. But I, 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 the more I think about the Ahsoka and the more it's going to piss you off to do a multiverse, I think that's, I, it may only be in the Ahsoka show, but when you look at the Ahsoka, look at the Ahsoka logo, what's behind it? The world between worlds. So I have a feeling that there's going to be some really effed up stuff. And maybe she uses that to find Thrawn in the end. I don't know. I don't know. There's it's going to be there. We don't know what capacity it's going to be there, but the world between worlds is going to be in the Ahsoka show. Just Filoni by looking likes, at the logo. Filoni huh? likes that mystic stuff. So, yeah, I think I think. 
it's probably dude well shoot you don't want it loki was kind of done pretty well was loki i mean you're more in the in the mcu than i am was that a multiverse show loki or was Um, it just time traveling it kind of kicked off the multiverse show okay because the whole thing was uh, i'll do this in 30 seconds the elevator pitch yeah, so there, the multiverse exists, but there's the Time Variant Authority, the Marriott downtown, right? Um, that controls it to make sure there's only one timeline. So they go out and they snip other timelines. Except in the end, they've—I mean, Loki was Loki. He creates chaos wherever he goes, and he unleashes the multiverse. And so any possibility is happening, which is how you can get things like redacted, because it's not nine months later yet, right? And that's how you get uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because the TVA is not there to clip times things, but or timelines. Anyways, I think we're going to get something like that in the Ahsoka show. I the more I think about it, but I may be totally off 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 base, but I don't know. Uh, And we just need to be prepared for the Ahsoka show to be a total mind f. And that's what I'm. That's where my mind is going after seeing Book of Boba Fett. Well. Let's go through this episode real let's, quick. Let's do it. So, like, I, I want to do a skim, but I've got pretty details, pretty in-depth. Anyways, we open on the devastation of the sanctuary, kind of picking up where we left off, and Mando and Boba there. Uh, Mando shows up, and he tells them that he's got Cobb's uh, people to help out as soldiers, unaware that Cobb, uh, Cad Bane has actually changed that plan, and <laughs> he's not available anymore, so mm-hmm. to speak. And Boba decides to stop the spice trade because that's what people want. And he makes a decision in the sanctuary. If that's what the people want, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to clean up this town and we're not going to trade spice. And Fennec's kind of pushing back and like, that's a source of income. And he's like, it's not, it's not good for us. So they, uh, they do that. And then they decide to make their stand in the sanctuary because it would look bad if Boba goes back to his palace and he's not there with the people. So he says, I'm going to do that. Could we, we say cut- the mods are the new uh, Cara Dunes? In the Star Wars universe, why? What do they say? No, just they're awesome acting. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's not as it's not as bad, I guess, in my eyes. I don't think uh, what's her face is able to act. Oh yeah, Ronda Rousey. Well, no, not Ronda Rousey, but whatever her name is, I can't even remember. Gina. Gina Guerrero, right? Guerrero. Um. Then we cut to Cad Bane paying a visit to the Pikes, and the mayor is hanging out. Mayor McCheese is hanging out with the Pikes. Um, he's basically, I didn't sign up for this. This is too much destruction. I didn't think my city was going to blow up. Blah 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 blah. The Pikes tell the mayor that you know they've killed the Tuscans and framed the speeder bike gang, and and that kind of perks Cad's eyebrows. And he's like, I, I got a plan and to draw Boba out, so I'm going to go do that. Then we cut to the X-Wing flying in and it lands at Pelly's landing pad. And I thought this was funny because there's a quick moment where she's like running up to the uh, the X-Wing because of illegal activities. They're basically like the law enforcement of the galaxy now. I guess that's what they're basically cops. And she's telling all her droids, you know, cover that up, cover this up. And there's one droid that throws a blanket on top of some containers. And as he does, like some wind from the X-Wing takes the blanket off of it. And he's got nothing to do. He can't cover it up anymore. So he kind of just like leans on it and puts one hand on his hip. And he's just kind of chilling like nothing here, nothing to see here. I didn't do anything. (laughs) It was just a small moment. And it's like, it's very, very tough to see because it's almost out of frame. 
but for whatever reason i picked up on it and i thought it was hilarious that was probably one of the best she's a really that the whole scenes with her like they're over the top and hilarious and yeah but the x-wing has grogu and peli kind of reveals when she picks up grogu that he he chose the chainmail, which is kind of obvious because he's there he's not with luke anymore i and thought that kinda... was kind of an interesting way i'm sorry no. The the whole Grogu thing was the you could tell I'm sorry I, Shark Man I got to keep reminding myself this guy did Shark Man and Aqua Boy or Shark Girl <laughs> and Aqua Lava Boy or whatever the hell it was it felt like a kids show but he directed kids shows so yeah it but it was an interesting way of just going bam 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 here's your answer instead of dragging yeah. it out so it just it's weird because we're such a, a toxic toxic fan base when we get the answer quick we're pissed but then when they drag it out for six weeks we get even more pissed so what the hell do we want so anyway it was an interesting way of just going bam 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 here's your answer yep um robert rodriguez is an incredible western director like i think when he when he kind of leans on those tropes it's like this is awesome Mm -hmm. and when he kind of has some fun with it it's like yeah anyways so they've positioned people in different areas around the city. The mods are with the Aqualesh. The um, uh, Gamorians are where the Clatoonians are. And Black Kersantan Ker- is with the um, Trandoshans. And uh, I skipped ahead. Sorry. The Cad Bane kind of comes out. And uh, Boba and Cad have their reunion. Cad is there to negotiate. And he kind of insinuates that they're he shouldn't depend on the people of Freetown anymore um, because obviously he's killed. He's killed uh, Cobb Vanth. Um, and here there was just an incredible shot. This is the reason why I was so happy Cad Bane was in live action of the sun kind of creating a flare in the camera lens. And as the camera pans in, that flare goes away and then um, Cad Bane is revealed. There's like dust in the air. And I'm just like, if I could have that as my wallpaper. Mm-hmm. That would be incredible. That was an amazing shot. A plus to the cinematographers and the directors. Like that got me. Um, and Cad tells Boba to let the spice move, and Boba says no. And Cad tries to provoke Boba by telling him that the Pikes killed the Tuskins. He's doing everything he can to make Boba reach for the gun and, and shoot him, so Cad could be faster. Um, but Fennec kind of comes up and says, "Not now. Do it on your own terms." And everything kind of calms down. Then we cut back to the scenes where, you know, like I was saying before, the Trandosians are with Black Kersantin and the, and the Aqualish are with the mods. Everyone's positioned to make sure that there's no surprise attack, that there's people in different areas of the city so they understand where the attack's coming from and to get ready. What they're not counting on is everybody turning, the, the three crime families are turning on Boba Fett because there's the whole promise that they wouldn't. And that just escalates everything, and everyone goes under attack. Black Kersantan looks like he's about to get pulled apart by Trandosians, which just has been building throughout this whole series. I, whole. I thought him being with the Trandosians, Trandosians was a very interesting concept. Yeah. Or interesting twist. Yep. Um, Fennec goes and takes off towards the Pike corporate office on, in Mos Eisley, which is like the next town over. But before she does that, she visits the mods and she takes out all the Aqualesh so they can go back and support Boba Fett, the, the, the mods. Yeah. 
So Pikes arrive outside of the sanctuary. Um, Mando and Boba kind of have a quick chat, and Boba's like, you don't really have to do this. And Boba's like, it's part of my creed. And Boba's pretty sure they're going to end in, in, it's going to be tragic for both of them. And he's like, are you sure you want to do this? And Mando replies, this is the way. And then he goes, do you believe in that Bantha fodder? Which, Bantha, yeah. Oh my God. I told my yeah. wife, I paused it. And I'm like, that one line is so heavy that nobody realizes how heavy that one line is. It proves everybody's theory about how uh, Boba Fett feels about the Death Watch and all that. It, it's like that. Wow. And people don't, re- I don't think anybody, I thought it, it just flew underneath the radar. Because it, basically Boba Fett's calling Mandalorian, his his creed and his beliefs, horseshit. Crap, yeah. And it's like, it was one of those, like, you. so it, Mandalorian's by himself and his beliefs. It's just him and the armor and Paz Vizsla. They're the only ones that believe that anymore. Everybody else, you know, that's the old way. And yeah. nobody wants that way anymore. Which yeah. to me, oh, wow, what a great line. It, yeah. it just it, it flew underneath the radar. You even missed it. You aren't even going to say it because I'm like, stop! You're missing a line. No, I didn't. Yeah, I missed that. And, and it, I'm I, it just proves a lot. And it, you know, it's it's part that a lot of people who well, is is Boba Fett a Mandalorian? That one line answered it. He's a Mandal. He's not a Mandalorian the same way that um, Din Djarin is. He's more like what? Well, hell, I don't even think I don't even think Bo Katan would accept him as a. The way she talked to him. So he's a loner. Yeah, he is. He's there's one of three. So yeah, absolutely. But the Dymo has alternative ideas, which I it was funny because he's like, I was trained on Coruscant. Not that that makes me better than anyone else. Uh, but he offers to negotiate, and he's just whenever he's on the whenever he shows up, he just steals the scene and he's hilarious and he's he's charismatic and it's just i really like that character and i like what they do at the end and i'm like there's so much potential there with that character but he offers to negotiate on boba fett's behalf to let them get to their ship and get off planet and boba's like okay so he writes down his demands and the dymo goes out to the pikes he's pretty confident that he knows what's going on and the pikes just want to get to business because the dymo as he is he's just talking all the time and the dymo even says i'll dispense with the pleasantries which is a darth vader line um which i thought was funny yeah but uh but yeah so boba fett wrote down that there was nothing to offer that the pikes are going to leave and that's his terms um this was all a distraction by the way because right when things were about to escalate for the dymo but Mandal- the mandalorian and boba fett fly out in an aerial attack which just felt like something out of battlefront or video game yeah they're outnumbered and the pikes keep coming out and we see Boba Fett uses knee rockets. Mando uses his, what, those sparrows from his arm? Yes. The whistling but sparrows. and Whistling sparrows. I didn't know Boba, Boba Fett was a ballerina. There's a lot of spinning going on in this episode when, when fighting. I think that's a total like callback Roger Rodriguez kids show at moment where he's like um, accentuate or um I, I'm losing my overdo the knee rockets, Boba Fett. And, and he totally like puts his, you know, it's like a total ballerina move when he sets off the knee rockets. Yeah. I, I guess I went back to episode one when Anakin's like, I'm going to try a spin move. Let's try that. Whoa. <laughs> so everyone's like, I'm going to try a spin move against these pikes. Whoa. Uh, but they look like they're 
they're outnumbered. The Pikes are outnumbering them, and they're they're about to lose. And then reinforcements arrive in the style of the music was very westerny here. Yeah. Um, uh, the tank from Freetown comes in. They kind of creates a, a wall for them to hide behind, and they are able to shoot from behind the tank. And it's all these guys from Freetown minus Cobb Vanth. The mods arrive shortly after that. Uh, there's a brief exchange here that insinuates the people from Freetown resent the people from the cities. There's not like a warm, welcoming environment there, but they're all on the same t- side right now because they're fighting against the Pikes and, and what they stand for. I'm going to bring something back a little bit because we didn't mention this either. Um, when the dino comes out, they call him Tailhead. Yes. <laughs> they call him Tailhead and he's like, and he plays it off so expertly. He's like, ah, I've never heard that before. And yeah. he's obviously saying that's an old one guy. You don't have to use that one. Yeah. But the yeah, pipe. there was, there, they, they call them sand rats or something. Back to what the. Yeah. City uh, rats or something city, like that. Yeah. City rats and then something else, but. Yeah. Um, but black K then comes out from an alleyway. He's got pikes all over him. He throws one. Uh, there's another one. His hair's. Black K's hair is all disheveled and it looks like he's been through hell. Uh, he does take one pike and he throws it. And as the pike's in midair, he takes his giant blaster and blasts him, sending him back even further. I'm like, that's a badass move. That was awesome. And some of the the um, the rocket fighting, the way that they're using their jetpacks. I love the way that they're using their jet because like Bo-Katan or in with the other Mandalorian, not Bo-Katan, but they're using their jetpacks to take advantage of people or to get like a, a kick in, or they're not just using them to fly away. They're using them as weapon, you know, ways to get around. And, you know, cause Boba Fett like slides and hits his jetpack and flies around somebody on his knees. And, you know, it just, the, the, the jetpack fighting in this is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. I agree. Um, where was I? Uh, big K. The- yeah, Black so the K. Pikes retreat because something else is coming. They're scorpion droids. They're massive. They're about the size of a house. They look like the destroyer droids. Um, that's not what they're actually called, though, in episode one. They call them droidicas or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they're destroyer droids on steroids. These things are massive. Um, they're like freaking Megatrons. Uh, and they have the the shields around them, the, the, the spear spherical shields which kind of protects them from blasters and rockets and because they try everything and nothing works um i also like that they have a red eye like hal from 2001 space odyssey they've got the camera lens with like a single red bulb behind it and it's just like it really provokes the idea that these things are evil for the sake of being evil or i don't know it's just something very chilling about it Maybe because it is a, a nod to 2001. Anyways, they use the the crews kind of split up and they go separate ways to kind of separate the two droids. Nothing seems to pierce the armor. Mando's trying try using his flamethrower because he just figures that's less speed than a blast blaster fire. He uses the dark saber. Nothing is working. Boba says we need reinforcements, and Mando's like, "You got no one else." And Boba Fett takes off in the sky. Mando makes a run for himself. For himself black k um waits for one of the droids to pass and then he uses his blaster and just like the video games which i loved because in the video games when you see those shields you just blast it eight or ten times and the shields will come down because you've weakened it 
And that's kind of what he does. He blasts the, the shield until it gets to a weak point, And then he's able to put his, his hand through. And he's about, you think he's about to like get in there and do some damage until the droid lifts his leg and he just kind of kicks Black Cave back. And uh, the mods come out to save him. And I wasn't going to mention this because it's so cheesy, but he does another spin move. <laughs> It's like, that's I, not necessary. It, it wasn't, but it, yeah, you, you, I don't know. I think that's a Roger Rodriguez. Let's direct yeah. this for kids or, cause you got to realize, remember what is Star Wars? A kid's movie. Yeah. Mando is still being chased by one of these droids. Peli comes into view with a droid that's pulling a rickshaw. Um, Mando jumps on the back and they take off to, to speed out of the way of the scorpion droid. Meanwhile, the other group who's being pursued by the other droid, they fall back. Um, the head mod says, if we go back any further, we're going to be cornered, so we have to make a stand here. So that's where they end up in that, I don't know, it's a gated courtyard, a, I guess. Yeah, it's a courtyard is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, they decide that they're going to go up high. Two of them are going to go up high and and snipe some of the, the pikes out. Pelly shows mando that grogu's there so there's a brief moment of reunion and mando's very happy until I, the scorpion droid i don't know why but my eyes watered a little bit when did that it happen yeah. when grogu like jumped in his arms yeah the, the reunion short-lived though because yeah. the the droid blows up the scorpion droid blows up the rickshaw um we hear a scream from somewhere else we're not sure what it is we see the spine of a monster we hear it stomping through the city this seems so much like King Kong to me. And it, oh my it, God. it hit like King Kong is one of my favorite classic movies and it hit all the right notes. You see his hands coming the Rancor's hands coming over the top of some of the houses and he appears, he's on top of the houses and he's like looming over the city and Boba Fett, they reveal Boba Fett's riding on the back. It was, it was pretty cool. And yeah. the Rancor jumps down. He's knocking the droid over. He's smashing it. He's weakening, weakening the shields to the point where Mando's able to get in, use the Darksaber, cut off one of the arms. He tries to slam it, the Darksaber into like the brains of the droid and it doesn't really work. Um, when Mando, right before the Mandalorian cuts off the arm, the droid is able to shoot the Rancor and kind of hit its abdomen. Um, knocking the, the Rancor back and disabling it for a minute. So it did feel like for a moment the Mandalorian was in trouble until Grogu comes out and he uh, he pulls one of the hinges from the legs of the droid and, and kind of weakens it even further. So that gave Mandalorian time to um, run away. And this was an awesome, awesome line. Uh, Rancor comes out with, with Boba Fett on the back of it and he's got the Rancor's got the droid in his hands and Boba Fett tells him to do it. And yes. the Rancor just rips it in two and destroys it, which is obviously a callback to episode three. Right. Um, and we cut back to the other group. The Rancor blows through a wall. He just smashes through it. Rubble goes everywhere. He smashes into the droid, sending it back into a building and collapsing it. Um, but the droid is able to blast through the rubble and jump out. It doesn't have its shield on. Uh, so the Rancor is able to grab the guns, um, and he's, it looks like he's about to pull it apart again, but this droid is a little bit smarter. He uses its legs, its sharp legs, to slice and try to pierce into the Rancor, which sends it back. Um, I really like the push and pull because you see the Rancor, and you just assume this thing is going to come out and destroy these droids, and that's not the case at all. Right. I've, I've had a lot of people have questioned, 
why didn't he just grab the slave one? And if you think about it, the only thing that was going to get through those shields was fist. And if you look at when he's beating the shield, sometimes you could see that it's pushing down on the droid and there's no way slave one would have been able to do that with the blasters. And yeah, absolutely. That's him riding a Rancor. The whole episode. Right. And him riding the Rancor was pretty damn badass. Yeah. Which brings up the point. Why didn't Hasbro just wait a couple months? Which brings <laughs> Has- up the point. Why didn't, why didn't Lucasfilm tell Hasbro to wait a couple months? That there's a, dis- there's a disconnect there. Either they didn't know that they were hell. Even they, even how hard would it have been if they would have said, okay, we're doing the Rancor and we're going to do this. And how hard would it have been some for somebody at Lucasfilm to pick up Kathleen Kennedy to tell one of her, you know, somebody, you know, slackies, call that MFR and tell them to wait two months. Or yeah. and all all they would have had to do done was go. We're going to hold it off for two months. There's a some there's something going on, or come up with some stupid excuse, and yeah. nobody would have known until right. they released this Boba Fett, and that thing would have funded like that. Yeah. What Which I'm kind of surprised they're not coming back with it or doing something or retooling that because they spent a lot of money on that, especially with with this coming up. That you know they're not. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next month or so they're going to re- bring that back up. I would be surprised if they did. Yeah, because it that. failed. Yeah, because it failed, and I think they're moving on and they blame maybe- the community. But it's like, guys, you didn't do it right. You didn't offer things right. The community yeah. said no to it. Because you didn't do your job to research what we wanted, what it would look like. You just assume that you can throw anything you want in a Star Wars label and people will buy it. Yeah. Anyways. Maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) Well, they probably won't. I don't know. The Rancor pulls off one of the guns, uh, the droid, and he pokes the eye out with his nail. He rips the other blaster off and stabs the droid. So... That droid is dead. Droid is dead. From here, the Pikes are on the run. Pelly meets the Dymo. He calls him pretty. She calls him pretty face, which is like, I want to see a show with those two going through the galaxy oh and making God. their way. That would be hilarious. It, you know, those two are going to be a couple here soon. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I would love it to see him kind of. I don't know, be the brains or something. He's not the brains, but just those two together working in a business and. That'd be hilarious, dude. The way that, that the way that they've built up this whole uh, universe, you'll see him again. Yeah, of course, of course. If he doesn't show up, I would be completely disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rancor is is destroying a lot of the Pikes. He's hungry. He eats one. We also get the Wilhelm scream, which I thought was retired from Star Wars because it's been overused. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? It's um, that. Oh, it's okay. been used. It was used in a Western. Somebody liked it. It turned into an inside joke, and it's used in all of our favorite movies from the 80s and the 90s. It was used in the prequels, but I thought they retired it um, just because it was so overused, and Lucasfilm said, we're not using this anymore. But they did sneak it in. So one of the Pikes does the Wilhelm scream there. And that's when Cad Bane comes out using the, the flamethrower to scare the Rancor and subduing it. Um, eventually. Uh, it scares the Rancor so much that it throws Boba Fett from its back. And then Cad uh, is able to use the flamethrower to just to kind of shoo the Rancor away. The Rancor goes running. This leaves Cad Bane and Boba Fett alone to duel. Um, this was an incredible thing because 
Cad Bane says he doesn't understand what Boba Fett's angle in all of this is. I mean, he's he's a bounty hunter. He should be looking for bounties. So what the hell are you, you doing here, Boba Fett? And Boba Fett tells Cad this is his city and he won't abandon the people of it. Cobb, uh, Cad, Cod, Cobb Vans. Cad Bane tries to provoke Boba Fett with the mention of the Tuscans again. And Boba Fett replies that he's not a little boy anymore. And was... Cad Bane is an old man, uh, which goes back to the Clone Wars. And it also talks to how much that Boba Fett has learned and how little Cad Bane has learned. The only thing that has changed for Cad Bane is now he's just an older person. That, uh, that whole interchange was, was awesome. I want to see that 20 years ago. I want to see what leads up to that because, yeah, yeah, that was, just Cad, aw- you know, and you've knowing that there's a deleted scene from Clone Wars. I've never seen, I've never take, taken the time to watch the scene, but knowing that there's a deleted scene between those two 20, 30 years ago, you know, it was wow. And knowing that yeah. they had run-ins in the Clone Wars, you know? And Cad Bane is the one that gave him the dented helmet. Yeah. Like, he, it's his blaster that, that dented the helmet. Um, but in the end, Cad Bane is, is faster. He knocks Boba Fett back, hitting him first in the armor. Um, Boba Fett as I'm trying to get my, my bearings here because I Boba Fett uses his flamethrower. He, he calls it his city again, but Cad Bane ducks and rolls and blasts Boba Fett. Oh, that's right. Cause he knocks Boba Fett down. Boba Fett uses his flamethrower. Um, but Cad Bane flips over and he's able to get out of the, the way. And then he runs up onto Boba Fett. And like you were saying, I love the sense of history here. You don't need to see the clone wars to understand that these two have a long history together. Um, it, it's, it, it really works and everything jives here. Cad Bane unmasks Boba Fett and he tells him, consider this my final lesson. Look out for yourself. Anything else is a weakness in his mind. Clearly that's not the case. And here we kind of understand why there was all those flashbacks to Camino. It's important to his development. Boba Fett was never part of a family. He was never part of a community. He was basically just a test tube kid compartmentalized in his own place see what i did there i can't do it (laughs) compartmentalized um and the tuscans gave him the community he always strived for but never knew he wanted he found a sense of purpose and a sense of belonging and that's all he wants for tatooine so when cad bane tells boba fett consider this my final lesson look out for yourself it goes against everything that boba fett has learned up to that point in this show yeah so that I think is the thesis. Community is important, mm-hmm. and a strong community is is more important than working for yourself, which Boba Fett's been doing for years. Um, Cad Bane tries to bless Boba Fett in the face. Boba's able to duck, and and instead he hits the shoulder piece. Boba you Fett kinda, pulls up. I'm, 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 right when he's getting ready to blast him, it, it was you. They did a good job of being like, "Is this going to be it?" Because yeah. even Boba Fett kind of, you could tell he's prepared to get shot in the head. And I think that final lesson from, the quote, final lesson from Cad Bane did something because Boba Fett kind of closes his eyes. And I think he goes back to that place with the Tuscans. He's like, I am not alone. And I shouldn't be alone. I should be with my people, which is the Tuscans. The, mm-hmm. the five years that he spent in the desert with the Tuscans. Because um, Boba Fett is able to dodge, pull out the gaffy stick, and uh, knock Cad Bane to the ground, flips him over, and then Boba Fett stabs Cad with the ga- Cad Bane with the gaffy stick. 
Yeah. I rushed through that, but I mean, the, the point of this whole thing was that I screamed when that happened. I was like, no, like, yeah. don't kill Cad Bane. I love this character. I was talking to my brother who's not in the deep end of the pool like us, who just watches these shows. He has never seen the Clone Wars, but he saw Cad Bane in these two episodes, and he was upset that Cad Bane died. Yeah. I... We're going to see him again in the Ahsoka show. We're going to see probably see him in Obi-Wan. There's a lot of stuff, I think, that's coming into the past. And there's no way we're not. he's not going to... He didn't spend... They didn't throw that character in there for two episodes. And then throw him into the Bad Batch. It's, you know, too much development. I, and uh... on top of that, Rosaria Dawson... S- posted a tweet, did a tweet saying, I really like this guy. I hope I get to work with him again. I'm trying to figure out how that would work. It's the, dude, it's the Ahsoka show. She's going to bounce all over the place in that show. You're going to, you're going to probably see what, how many years we're going to see from the end of, I think the end of a new hope or not a new hope end of uh, probably end of shit. Hold on. She's going to get injured and go into a back-to-tank, and then we're going to get flashbacks from her life up until this point? I think we will. Not a back-to-tank, but I think there's going to be... I think that that thing's going to cover her whole life. I really think. But that's me over-guessing shit. Are they going to DH Hayden for a couple episodes? Probably. What is that, a six-episode series? I can't remember. I don't know. I haven't even... That's the one show I'm excited about just because I know it'll be Rebel Season 5 and uh, I'm trying to not get too involved with it because I don't want to get my hopes up. Oh, well, let's move on. The Raincore yeah. is on the run. The mods and the freeloaders, I guess they're the freetowners, but I call them the freeloaders, are trying <laughs> to blast it. But it scares the Raincore. And here we go into full King Kong where he's climbing this tower and it looks just like the Empire State Building. He's I was just like, this is incredible. I can't believe I'm seeing this. Mando flies around, and I thought he was going to be like a biplane kind of shooting him as he goes. Waiting he, for that. But he tries to get on its back and ride him. Uh, the Rancor doesn't like that. He's throwing Ma- the Mandalorian around. He tries biting the Mandalorian's head off, but the best car is too strong. Um, I, I really thought at that point his head was going to come out the helmet. Like he was going to pull his yeah, head back, and, he and the him. helmet would, would have stayed in there. Yeah. Um, Oh, and, and speaking uh, of that, Pedro Pascal looked like he's gained some weight. <laughs> that's not him. I know. <laughs> that's just his voice. <laughs> uh, Mandalorian tries to use the flamethrower, and it seems like the Rancor's had enough of that because he just throws the Mandalorian to the ground from high above. And Grogu comes out, and he stands in front of the Rancor, and once again proving that size matters not, he uses the force to put the Rancor to sleep. He calms him at, at first, and then he's able to kind of ease him to sleep. This, of course, tires Grogu, and they both kind of take a nap together. We uh, cut back over to Mos Eisley, where uh, the Pikes are freaking out. They're talking with the other heads of the families to figure out their next move. Fennec comes in, and this is the moment I guess we've been waiting for the entire show, where she's the master assassin, and she's unleashed, and she just kills everyone before they even have a time to figure out where she is. Yeah. And, and through that whole thing, the whole battle, I'm like, where's Finnick? Because I forgot he sent her on that mission to kill yeah. everybody. Yeah. So that kind of ties everything up. Back at Mos Espa, Boba Fett is walking the streets as a hero. He's the city's protector, 
people are genuflecting to him. Um, the music is kind of changed to the, it is a Western, but it's kind of the cheery, like we've been around the entire world and now we're back to where we started and everything's better now. It's a total is, 80s sitcom ending yeah, to this show. Yeah. Yeah. That the ending is kind of like, is this is, this is how you choose to end it with a laugh. <laughs> Cause they give black K one of those, those pieces of fruit. And they're like, don't you have enough for us? And they're like, you can ask him if you want, you can ask black K if you want it. And then it was just like, <laughs> and then we pan up and that's it. That was, we do we do cut to Mando real quick. Sorry. Yeah, that was a real disappointing. But there again, I think it was just that whole. If you judge the spinning and the knee rockets and everything, it just is a fitting end to 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 the show. I guess I don't know. I I was not happy with it, but it makes sense in the way that Roger Rodriguez decided to direct it. Robert. 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 Uh, but yeah, we cut back to Mando real quick. Uh, they're in the Starfighter, the N1 Starfighter. <laughs> Grogu's tapping on the window, trying to get the Mandalorian's attention. And Mando's like, no, I'm not. No, don't ask. And Grogu's hitting harder. And Mando's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And so Grogu does it one last time, really slamming on the de- on the, the window. I'm slamming on my desk. Sorry. It's all right. uh, slamming on the window. And, uh, and Mando's like, okay, I'll do it. So he flips on the sublight. They call it the sublight engines and they they blast off and all you see is grogu laughing as they speed through space it's not hyperspace but it's like a uh, maybe a fraction underneath it yeah we uh cut to the credits i did notice <clears throat> and i went back to listen to this on spotify and it wasn't there but they're chanting boba fett in the song huh boba fett boba fett boba fett boba 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 um, which I never noticed before, but then we do cut to a post-credit scene, and we're back in Boba Fett's sleeping chamber, and we see the uh, back to tank, the back to pod, or whatever you want to call it, and someone's sleeping in it. It's revealed that it's Cobb Vanth. He's in there, and we also see that uh, the mod is getting ready to do his work. He's going to modify and enhance Cobb Vanth to bring him back to life, I guess. Yeah. There's no resolution on Max Rebo living or dying. I would imagine they left that intentionally obscure. They cut him out of that scene. I mean, they show everybody else, but they don't show him. So it's like that that has to be on purpose. Yeah. I'm curious who survived and who didn't, because I don't know. I assume everyone died except those that were not shown. <laughs> yeah. Max Rebo is still out there. One night only. And then maybe it was a two-night gig or something. I don't know. <laughs> Um, Mark Ruciano had the thought that Boba Fett will retire and Cobb Vanth will take the mantle and become like the the mayor of Tatooine or the king of Tatooine or something like that which I love that idea because it's almost like you have to be worthy kind of like Thor's hammer you have mm-hmm. to be worthy to wear that the suit and yeah. Boba Fett is an ideal he's bigger than just one person so do you think he'll do like wear the Boba Fett armor or just be the dino or whatever yeah, maybe Boba Fett decides that he doesn't want to do this anymore and he gives the 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 armor to somebody else to take over. I don't know. I didn't think of it that far, but that's a, that's an idea cuz you already have Cobb Vant you know claiming that armor at one point. Yep. 
I um I like this episode. I thought it made everything that came before it better. And I think when you approach it as five years after Return of the Jedi, instead of the Boba Fett show, instead of the Mandalorian, I think we'll have more enjoyment and our expectations will be I don't want to say lowered, but properly aligned. Yes. That's why I want to rewatch it here and, and let everything stew for a little bit. And then I want to rewatch it and then we can revisit it because I just I we were expect like I said, we were expecting 90% Boba Fett and we got half Boba Fett. I was very disappointed they killed Cad Bane. I love seeing him in live action. I think we were expecting the bounty bounty hunter show. Yep. And that's not what we got. We got the development of Boba Fett into somebody who has a sense of community and family, which he didn't have. So they they developed the character in a positive light. Yeah, I think you just you saw an older Boba Fett in this show and you saw him in his twilight preparing to retire or trying to make better himself. Yeah, I I think I'm an odd one. and I've kind of mentioned this before, but I do like the finality of characters. I do like to see them develop and I've lived with these characters for 40 years. I do like seeing their birth. I do like seeing them be a hero and I do like to see them see their end. It's like seeing their complete life of my Mm -hmm. friend. And so I do enjoy seeing like as much as I like seeing as much as I like knowing that Cad Bane has died. I don't, he's been a fan favorite. He went up against Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan and lived to tell the tale. Yeah. You know, it's just, I, I enjoy that aspect at the same time. It's kind of troubling. So we got an endorsement this week, Glenn. Yeah. What is it? Who, who is it? You are listening to the Smuggler's Galaxy podcast, my favorite podcast to listen to on long flights across the galaxy. It's C-3PO. He endorses our show. And for legal reasons, we have to say that C-3PO doesn't really legal, um, endorse our show, that this is just for entertainment. But <laughs> it is his favorite podcast. On long flights across the galaxy when R2-D2 isn't being a dick. Yep. So you're in good company, listener. Yes. Couple of shows. Joe Lana, March 20th, 18th through the 20th. Joe Fest. Uh, Joe Lana is in Toy Lana, I'm sorry, is in uh, Marietta. That's our local show. Joe Fest is in Augusta, June 24th through the 26th. With both of those are really cool shows. And then Celebration in Anaheim, May 26th through the 29th. Hopefully we can get tickets or we'll just be out there begging. So. Yes, don't forget the next Retroville Toy Show in early April. The, yep. the swap meet. Swap meet that uh that's probably gonna... all, if you're local, this is all available on GASWC.club. Yes. We have added a new section with all the toy shows in the area, and I kind of let you know if they're ticketed or not, so you can prepare yourself for that. Yeah. Thank you for lis- listening to the Smuggler's Galaxy podcast. If you could, please leave a like and a five-star review of the show anywhere you listen to this podcast, if it's allowed. It really helps us out and points people to the show. Follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Send us an email or message us. We love the feedback, and we'd love to incorporate you as part of the show. Our email address is smugglersgalaxy at gmail.com. Thank you to Afonso Riviera for the Smuggler's Galaxy logo and to Levi Waterhouse for the music. Hasbro, re-release VC66, please. Be a positive force in the collecting community. This is the way. This is the way.